welcome back to Get Outside With Kids, the podcast where we help you to have more amazing memories outside with your family. And Jen, tonight we're talking about something that I think all parents are really familiar with, and that's advice. Because whether you have a baby or a toddler or a kid or probably a teenager, heaven forbid, I'm kind of terrified of having teenagers. Whatever age your kid is at, people always have advice. And for some reason, people always think that it's okay to share that advice with you when you don't really want it, like in the grocery checkout line or like almost anywhere on the planet. So, tonight we thought we'd talk about the best advice we've received, but also the worst advice. Yeah, there's so much. I think the minute you've got that baby bump showing, um, people just want to dole out advice to you. You know, whether, like you said, it, it can be someone of your generation or another generation, someone close to you or somebody not close to you. And I feel like myself, now that I've been through that, I'm much better at asking somebody if they would like feedback and ideas on it or if they're just looking to vent because sometimes people are looking to vent and they don't want advice. So let's kick it off, number one, with the worst advice. This one I think we can all agree with. And I know every single parent out there has heard these exact words. You know, you're in the grocery store and your toddler's having a full out meltdown, laying themselves on the grocery store aisle. And some little old lady comes up to, or even, you know, an older person and just says, just wait, it's going to get worse, or it gets even harder from here. You know, those teenage years are even worse. Uh, You know, and as you're in this moment where you honestly are thinking, How can it possibly be worse than my two-year-old flopping themselves on the ground? And honestly, I find that advice is just so deflating. It's like kicking somebody when they're down. You know, if you're a parent of a newborn listening to this, somebody who is surviving on 30 sparse minutes of sleep a night, I want to tell you, it gets so much better, so much better. It gets a million times better than that. And if you're somebody who's in that toddler stage and has that kid, I'm still there who throws themselves on the floor. Guess what? It also gets better. Um, we were recently on a plane uh, flying back from Ontario, and there was a parent who had like a tiny baby and a toddler. You know, we were chatting, and I looked at her and I said these words I said, it's going to get so much easier. I said, you're doing the hard work right now and you're doing an amazing job. And she just looked at me and said like, thank you so much, you know? Because <laughs> my two kids who are four and six were sitting there on iPads, on the plane. Like it is so much easier. Four and six has different challenges, but I would never tell a parent of a newborn and a toddler that it's going to get even harder than what they're experiencing. It's going to get different, but it's definitely not going to get harder. The thing is that I can absolutely see why people want to say it gets worse because there are parents, and you know this, Jen, when you talk to somebody who's like eight-week-old baby is sleeping like eight or 10 hours a night straight, and they're like, oh, we're pretty tired. But yeah, she sleeps really well. She sleeps 10 hours a night. And you want to be like, that can't possibly last. It's going to be a disaster soon. But I also know that's not helpful for anybody to hear because that not every baby's like my baby. Thank goodness, you know, in terms of the sleeping part, that not every baby's the same. We really can't possibly know that. So I think I have really, having gone through this whole thing, when I feel that urge to say something, I say absolutely nothing at all and say, you're doing a great job. <laughs> Maybe it'll get worse, but it does not going to change it telling them that it's going to get worse. I think the other worst advice that we have heard is around 
oh, if you're maybe you're planning to do something with your little baby, maybe you're planning to take your toddler camping and people say, oh, you shouldn't really do that with kids. They're too young. They will not remember. There's no way they're going to remember that. There's no way they're going to remember being cuddled up close to you, having naps while they go for a hike in the beautiful fresh air. There's no way they could remember having and being part of a family meal around a picnic table at a campsite. There's no way they could know that stuff. And absolutely, their memory will not extend to that. But there is so much research around how kids attach to their parents that shows that, of course, obviously, their relationship with you is really, really important. And if there are ways to build that relationship by doing things you love, where you feel like you're firstly reclaiming part of you, but secondly, creating new memories for your kid, why wouldn't you try and do that stuff if you can? We know that it's not possible for everybody and not everybody can get out and go camping and hiking with their kids. But if you are choosing to do that, that's probably because it's calling to you and it's something that you really want to do. So, if somebody has said to you, like one of my um, friends when I had had a baby and she said, and we'd taken our baby camping at, you know, a month old or something, which is in one of our very first episodes, I shared that story. She said to me, oh my gosh, please don't tell my husband you're going camping because I've told him that kids can't go camping until they're at least four years old. (laughs) (laughs) It's so so funny to have an arbitrary age limit on some of these things. Like, our kids have now been camping, as we've shared many times on this show, uh, you know, since several months old, right up to, you know, six and a half now. And I know that my oldest doesn't remember camping at one or two, but even by three, as a six-year-old, he can remember camping at three. Maybe when he's 12, he won't remember camping at three, but right now he does. Like as little people, they remember their little memories. So as a six-year-old, he already has multiple years of positive memories of being in the outdoors. And that's kind of what we're building on. So by the time he gets to 12, he will have nine, 10 years of memories to pull upon. And he might not remember the earliest ones, like we went here and we did this. But to me, it's that association. It's building the association of we go outside, we go hiking, camping, biking, canoeing, and I have fun with my family. And I think it's kind of building that like innate experience inside. And that's what you remember when you get older. And also... I like to do stuff that's fun for me. (laughs) I'm like, but I'll remember, like, I love that I remember that we took our kids camping at, you know, these really early ages and that we have the photos because for me and my partner, we have positive memories of us as a family. And I think that's something to not be overlooked Mm -hmm. too. Like, like you said, if you're tapping into something that you as a family enjoy, then that's important too. Like you get to have that memory for yourself. And that's also a really good thing. And you build your confidence, right? Like, because we took our kids camping so young, now camping, I'm not going to say it's a breeze, but but it feels like really manageable because we've done it. And like everything, you can learn to do anything. If you want to go camping with a baby or a toddler or a little kid, you can. You've just got to practice it. So let's flip this around because I think that really segues really nicely into some of the best advice that we've often heard about kids. Um, And for me, the best advice is that kids are like sponges. You know, we hear that a lot about especially that zero to five brain and how much they're absorbing. Um, And we have just seen that in action. Um, You know, specifically, let's say when it comes to camping or outside, like, our children already know so many facts about the outdoors. They know how to build a tent. They certainly know how to make s'mores. Uh, 
And so when you're exposing them to these these facts and these experiences, you really see them soak it up. Um, Kate, I have really watched in fascination this year as your children have enrolled in French school um, and seeing just their brains explode with the amount of French vocabulary you have. I mean, seeing your three-year-old speak in fluent French um, after just a short time in that school, it's just like you just see how their little brains are on fire just soaking up whatever is around them. Yeah, that same three-year-old has also started asking me about Taylor Swift lyrics and she's pulling out the (laughs) the specific words that she doesn't understand, which I find amazing because my husband can't even understand the lyrics that are going on in a song. And here's my three-year-old being like, not only did I understand the words that were being said in that song, but I I can pick out the word that I don't understand and now I'm going to seek the meaning for it. I'm like, oh. What is going on? She's going to be writing her own songs pretty soon. Um, (laughs) I think for me, you know, Jen asked me, you know, what do I think the best advice that I have heard is? I can only think of one thing, and that is the advice to do what works for you and your family. Obviously, it applies to everything, but I think that's what's so great about it because I've seen friends with a book out about sleep patterns for newborn babies or sleep patterns for four-month-old babies. And they were saying to me, I'm trying to follow this to the letter. And I was like, but is it working for you? And they're like, not really, but this is what the book says. Or my friend used this baby wrap and my friend said it was great. Therefore, I'm going to try and make it work. And I'm like, but is it working? No. If you're trying to do things because you think you should, not because they're working for you and your family, obviously there's learning curves and there's things that happen that take some time to build. But I think you know yourself really well. You know your kid really well and the intuition that you have for them when something is not working is so powerful. It's just up to parents to really believe in that. And when something works for your family, whether that's a sleep pattern or how you approach screen time or whether you go camping as a family or how you pack your kid's lunchbox, it's very easy to do a whole lot of comparisons around you and comparing to what's happening with your friends and your friend's kids and your sister-in-law who always has a perfect thing and has the most amazing lunches that they pack or whatever it is. You do what works for your family and what makes you feel like it's the best choice. And I think that is the most empowering thing that we can possibly say to ourselves. And it helps to block out a lot of the noise around you. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, it is true that no two children are alike. Um, and me and Kate are both living that with we. Kate has two girls and I have of two boys and all four of our kids are their own unique people you know even raising children of the same um you know genders at this point uh, they're so different like it's so funny today we hung out all four of our kids and like our children are all so different from each other there's some things they all love there's some things they all hate but they're all their own little people and so even doing what worked for kid number one sometimes i tried that thing on kid number two and i was like oh that doesn't work at all for kid number two okay i've got to find a new strategy i can't just stick to this textbook that says every kid at one year old has to be like this or has to do this or every kid has to take a nap at this time because our kids are so different. We were out there laughing. There was a new mom with us with a beautiful tiny little baby. Um, and we were talking about naps and how oh her two year old really doesn't nap at all because that's it works for you know their family and that's what their child needs. And then my four year old missed a nap yesterday and was a <laughs> ball of meltdown on the floor and then finally took a nap at four p.m. Uh, which worked for my kid. You know, and if you're Younger child took a nap at 4 (laughs) p.m. 
uh, it would be a whole different type of disaster, right? So there really is no one way to parent, one way to raise your kids. Um, obviously, if you're going at things with the best of intentions for your child and your family, that's really what's going to work for you. And you know, hopefully some of what works is helping uh, you to get outside in whatever way is best suited for you. We'd love to know about the best and worst advice that you have received as well. And we'd love to hear from you um, with those stories over on our Instagram account at Get Outside With Kids. You can also let us know over there any guests who you've been, maybe there's somebody you follow on Instagram, maybe it's somebody whose book that you've read, maybe it's somebody you've heard on another podcast who you think that person was awesome and I'd love to hear more from them about their approach to getting outside with kids. You can always send us a DM. We'd love to hear from our listeners um, and you can also follow along with all our fun reels there. I've been using some 90s and early 2000s music in our reels as a little throwback because I think some of you are going to be of the same era as me and Jem. Um, And we will be back again next week with another episode of Get Outside with Kids. 